This week in Middle Earth, we peruse Iluvatar's top eight, and who didn't make the cut? Nice little MySpace reference for the old heads. Yeah, for that's that's all we got. I wonder how that's many people listen us. to this, like still are active users of MySpace. Well, and it's get, not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's gone. Well, wait, completely gone. Yeah, I think it's been scrubbed. That's crazy. I don't want to hear yeah. that. End of an era. Wow. Yeah. Man, what's Tom doing? I mean, Tom hasn't been involved in forever, right? I think he was out. Yeah. After a little while. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Josh. And this is Dead Bro at Society. And we here we are into episode two of the Tolkien's, uh, the Tolkien universe. Yeah. Episode two uh, just so happens to be chapter two, technically, of the Silmarillion. That's not always going to line up, though, because we're going chronologically because we are dumb and want to make this difficult (laughs) would you say we're dumb is that something that you would actually say no i don't think either of us are actually dumb but you know i appreciate that yeah all right so valaquinta account of the valar and Maiar, according to the lore of the eldar uh as for where i sit so far uh, after episode one, we know who one of those is. Just the Valar, right? Right. We haven't heard Maiar or Eldar. No, not that I know of. Also, in this first little bit, which is basically just a uh, summary of our last episode, a nice, uh, a nice concise summary, it seems that they refer to the flame imperishable as secret fire. I just wish Iluvatar... Pick something, stick with it. I think this is going to get frustrating. Yeah. So why don't you give me the too long, didn't read catch up of, uh, of what happened already? Uh, so our uh, great omnipotent being, Eru, the one known to the elves uh, as Iluvatar, uh, was hanging out in nothingness and decided he wanted some company. So he, from his thought, created the Ainur. And started uh, jamming with them, uh, you know, singing, singing songs and making music. And one of the Ainur, our friend Melkor, was like, I don't like this song. I'm going to sing a different one. And Iluvatar had to squash that beef pretty quick. And then he showed the Ainur the world. And it turns out that he wasn't actually showing them the world. He was showing them what the world could be and then sent them to make it. Interesting. So let me ask you something. Did, uh, did yeah. you listen to the, the last episode back? I did, but it feels like it was forever ago, but it wasn't right. that long ago. I, like Melkor, have a vein streak. And so I wanted to listen back just to see. And something I realized um, that I think is going to be an ongoing issue with this has to do with, I don't know what's important. Right. When you're reading this and you're reading new names and new actions and, you know, characters, what this person did, you know, why they did that. 
if you remember, I made a huge deal about when Iluvatar was stopping the music between themes. I made a big deal about what hand he was raising because it seemed to be a big deal in the book. I don't think that's actually going to be a big deal. I don't think that's going to matter. So I'm fully interested in getting caught up in the specifics um, so I can see like what doesn't matter later. You know, like, did you watch Lost? Oh, yeah. So yeah, I was a big, a big Lost. Me and my group of friends watched it. We caught up uh, to, I think, like to be able to watch the whatever the second to last season was as it aired. Right. So something that always surprised me about Lost is how much they made small things seem important. And I guess I'm kind of blanking on what those things are right now. But, you know, there were a lot of things that seemed important that never really had anything like the polar bears. There was never really anything important about the polar bears, except, you know, it was important. They had polar bears because they were big enough cages for Sawyer and Kate and Kate. God, it's been that long that I'm forgetting main character names. Also Um, connection to the Tolkien universe. Uh, Evangeline Lilly, who played Kate is in the Hobbit movies. And Dominic Monaghan. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> Probably I, more important of a of a of a connection. No, I think you hit it right the first time. Right. I like Evangeline Lilly way more than I like Dominic Monaghan. Um, so, uh, Josh, we have to go back to the chapter. Wow! wow. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> come on, yo, you with that Beastie Boys shit last week. I'm allowed one. All right. All right. That's fair. Okay. There might be some more in this episode. Who knows? Of the Valar. So there's seven Lords of the Valar and seven Queens of the Valar, the Valier. Lords of the Valar are Manwe, Ulmo, and Aule, who we've already been introduced to. Um, People we didn't know, Arome, Mandos, Lorien, and Tulkus. Uh, and we haven't been introduced to any of the ladies, which are Varda, Yavanna, Niena, Este, Vire, Vere. I think Vire. I already, I already forgot what we were going to say. Some nerd is going to be That's like fine. pearl clutching in how we're saying these words. Anyway, uh, Vana and Nessa. Uh, Pretty soon you, we're going to be one of those nerds <laughs> once we have gone oh, through man, enough of this. Uh, that's so don't all you I can hope for. Um, and then we've said goodbye to our old friend Melkor, who is no longer counted among the lords of the Valar. Good riddance, ha- I guess. Have you, have you heard the song that was written about the Valar? I, I haven't. What song is that? I've, I forget the title, but uh, it goes uh, something like, Why don't you come on over, Valar, eh? Amy Winehouse? You've heard it, right? I can't. I can't give you this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. All right. Okay. So, you want to get you want to get into them? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So, we start with Manway. Manway Melkor were brothers essentially. Uh Melkor is now he who shall not be named and Manway is the lord of Arda. Uh, Manway, the classic wind boy. Uh, his surname is Salimo, Lord of Breath of Arda. He's also the Lord of Eagles, which 
preemptively pisses me off when I think about Eagles and the Lord of the Rings, but we already why, why agreed. Is that? Uh, why is we that? already agreed we weren't going to get too far ahead. Also, I don't know about you. I get caught up with a lot of like Tolkien playlists on YouTube. And there's some really great theories out there that I also promised I wouldn't get into, but yeah, I'm breaking all kinds of promises. I haven't taken that dive yet, but it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I I was going to send one to you. There was a really good one specifically about the uh the Valenquenta. Valenquenta. There's no N. I keep wanting to put an N in there. Manway's special lady, Lady of the Stars is Varda. Uh she is the most beautiful of the Valier. Uh they say the light of Iluvatar lives in her face. She is best known for rejecting Melkor during the music, and he hates her and fears her the most. Hell yeah. Good for her, man. It's the ones who reject you, you know? Oh, yeah. He's never going to forget that. You know, just like Morrissey said. Also, uh, interesting. Do you think... The the Morrissey reference went over my head, and that's fine, because he's he's a shitbag. He sucks a lot. Um, But... Do you think he also will never forget that uh, because she has the light of Iluvatar in her face? And that's like, is that like the flame imperishable? And is he it? coveted that. Could be. I don't know. I mean, it seems like her, uh, to me at least, it seemed like she was beautiful in the way that her her like vision was made after the likeness of Iluvatar. At least that's right. the way I read it. I could be wrong. Yeah, the the beauty of the light of Iluvatar. She's basically the incarnate of that. Right. So, so Manwe and Varda live in Oyelosi. Oyelosi. The tallest tower and the tallest mountain. Currently in Arda. Uh, something that I saw, which I shouldn't have been poking around too much. Uh-oh. But something okay. I saw ahead of time is that it looks like at this point right now, Arda is flat earth. Like it's within a sphere, (laughs) but it's flat. Have you come across that in anything? I have not. Like I said, I haven't really taken that dive yet, Um, Mm. but I like where this is going. Yeah, I'm Um, sure there's a lot of people who like where this is going. So here's, here's my question. So we have, is Arda the entirety of the land of Aya? Or is Arda a section of the land and Middle-earth is another section and then Valinor is another section? I mean... I know we haven't talked about Valinor yet. Right. But Valinor is definitely separate from Middle-earth. Right. Because Valinor is where the Grey Havens are, right? Yes. I don't know. I I think so. I should not have even said that. No. Take it back. (laughs) Now. (laughs) I take it back. I know where... I know where the Grey Havens are. Well, what's at the a, point then? Why, why are we even doing this? They're at a participating Old Navy near you. <laughs> but yeah, so they, Manway and Farda, live in this tower, the tallest point on uh, Middle Flat Earth. And there's the the, the interesting interesting note that that is in the book that says they're they're basically more powerful with each other. They can see farther and hear more right. when they're with each other, right? Right. Which I thought was like 
is that a comment? Is that is that Tolkien commenting on like love and relationships and marriage? Could be. Or is this a socialist society where together we're better? I didn't know you were a commie. I quit. I quit the podcast. This is a uh, <laughs> this is a uh, a socialist podcast. I'm sorry to have drugged you in now. Wow. You've been radicalized. Yeah, well, never forget Venezuela. So, Jesus. Uh, okay, so they're better together than they are separately, which is nice. The um, the elves specifically love Varda. They call her call her Elbereth, yeah, which is it seems nice. Like they hold her in the in the highest esteem of all of the Valar. Mm. Mm. Which makes sense. I mean, she's what she's the 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 light of Iluvatar. She's she does a lot for the, the, the elves. Like, I mean, we haven't talked to an elf yet. Oh, I worded that. True. I worded that very wrong, but <laughs> we're going to get an elf on the pod for an exclusive interview. Don't I you don't, worry. I look, man, I I've seen enough, uh, fan situations where if we wanted an elf, we could get an elf. Uh, but I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, uh, it's not in our trajectory. No, I don't, I don't think that that's a, uh, ferry across the uh brandywine river we're looking for i don't know what that is i've never heard of it so (laughs) okay so uh next ulmo the water boy dwells in the sea alone always moving no rest just like water of course he uh seldom deals with the other valar uh used to be manway's friend now apparently they don't talk so much anymore ulmo doesn't like to take physical form because you know, if you were, if you were water, why would you want to take human form or physical form? Right. Just huge there's wave also boy. A line, there's also a line that says specifically, if the children of Eru beheld him, they were filled with a great dread. Which makes me think that this, this guy, Ulmo, is Cthulhu. Oh my god, you're right. He's like a mixture of Cthulhu and Poseidon. That's how I'm mm. thinking about Ulmo. Right. I mean, because it does go into detail about what his raiment is yeah and how he's got like kind of scales and and shimmery foamy stuff going on looking like a yeah, real snack this guy rips that's all i gotta say <laughs> i think i think uh Tulkus rips more but we'll get into that well then, um yes, okay yes. so something also important about ulmo is that he loves the men and he loves the elves and he's always on their side you know, if the if the children of Iluvatar incur the wrath of the Valar, he seems to always kind of side with the children of Iluvatar, with elves and men. Which is nice to have somebody on your side. Yeah, he's got their back. Who doesn't? So he speaks to them with shell horns and the music of water. His spirit runs through the veins of the world. He hears problems and the grief of people that Manway doesn't hear. Is it because Manway doesn't care in the same way that Ulmo cares? That's probably part of it, yeah. And it seems like it seems I mean, Manway is not really dwelling among the men and the elves, whereas Ulmo is all he's around everywhere. Him because right, he's, right, right. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's he's water. Perfect. So then the I next mean, person that we already know is Ally. Master Craftsman, yes. Lord of Physical Stuff. Let's get physical. Um, physical. He's the one who had the most problem with Melkor, since 
Aule was the one creating the earth and creating things on the earth and and Melkor was meddling. Metalcore. Yeah. Metal He's like <laughs> Metalcore. Uh look out for our EP under the band name Metalcore. But spelt well that's 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 yeah. like a genre of music. Yeah, there already is a metalcore. And yeah. it's awesome. But Aule is like building sandcastles on the beach and Melkor is walking by and just kicking them over. Kicking them. It's dark. I don't like Melkor, yeah. although I kind of do. I don't know. But so, uh, specifically, it says Aule and Melkor both wanted to create, but for different reasons. Um, I think Aule, like most craftsmen, just love the joy of creating. And it has nothing to do with vanity. Whereas Melkor is like, I'm making this because it's mine. Yeah. It's mine. There's also a mention in this in this section of the Noldor. Uh, and we haven't we haven't been introduced to the Noldor. Yeah, I didn't even so take that note because I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it because I, I wasn't sure if that's another, you know, uh, another subsection of elves or if that's, uh, a, you know, a, a race that we haven't been introduced to yet. Really could be either. Yeah. But it says the Noldor learned most of Aule and he was ever their friend. So when we find out who they are, we, we know that they they get down with Aule. Sounds like a guy whose name would be like Buck. You know, everybody who knows <laughs> a Buck loves Buck. You know what I mean? Except in Kill Bill, that Buck was bad. Yeah. Anyways. The only Buck I've ever met in person was was also shitty. So Really? Oh, I'm man. Not, I'm not on that one with you. We are not Buck fans here. <laughs> uh, so Aule's spouse is Yavanna. They give her fruits. Uh, she's the goddess of growing things, um, not unlike Anthea from Greek myth. She loves all plants. She's the Kementari, which is the queen of the earth in Elderin tongue, which I don't know what Elderin tongue is. Oh, I guess it has to do with the Eldar. Right. Right. I and the Eldar why. are, are those, are the Eldar? Here's a question. Mm-hmm. The Eldar are elves. Are they? I th- I think that's I think so right are they like the first elves, could be, was that made clear and I missed it. I don't think it was made clear. I think I just uh, decided that, but maybe I'm wrong. I guess we're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. Next is Mandos and Lorien, the Fianturi, masters of spirits. Those actually aren't their names. That those places, uh, Mandos and Lorien, are where they live. Their names are Namo and Irmo. Uh, as mentioned, Namo dwells in Mandos. Mandos to me seems like a purgatory type situation from the Christian mythology. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's best not to go there. Okay, but yeah, so. I mean, I'm- so uh, Mandos is in Valinor. He is the keeper of the houses of the dead and the doomsman of the Valar, which is, I mean, if you got to have a title, doomsman of the Valar sounds pretty tight. Yeah. Also, he, he can see the future. Yeah. Again, uh, Namo to me is kind of a combination of, of like Hades right. and Heimdall. From Norse mythology, Heimdall, uh, among uh, you know his main his main uh, job was to guard the Bifrost, and he would be the last one alive during Ragnarok 
uh, and he and Loki would kill each other. But he also was, uh, it's said that he had like forethought or foresight. So he could see mm. the future a little bit. Right. Except um, things that Iluvatar could change. Oh, which I guess, yeah, which I guess gives some credence to the omniscience of our friend Iru. Right. Yeah, he's not give, he's it, not showing all of his cards. He's like you can you can see these things, but you know, it's subject to change. I just don't like it. I don't like it. It doesn't make any sense to me how as an omniscient being you would create purposefully like a villain. Like why would you do it? Is life boring? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the that's the biggest question when you get into religion in general is like why if if there is this omnipotent being why do they let bad evil things happen who knows i think that's you know and and who will ever know i mean why does the uh why does the christian god that so many people love give kids cancer that's the big question i mean that is a big question i don't know that's the big question but anyway so namo Namo's married. Namo's married to Vire, who is the great weaver. Um, it looks like she is Mandos's head decorator, and she weaves all of human time and experience into a web that clothes the halls of Mandos. So to me, it looks like she is... I don't know. I guess you could look at that as a different as a different bunch of ways. You could look at webs as something like, you know, like a string theory of <laughs> of existence and dimensionality. I guess. Sure. Maybe that could also. I don't know if you want to explore that tangent or unpack that thought. Uh, that yeah. could also have something to do with Iluvatar being omniscient and creating multiple universes and dimensions in which you know humans make different or the children of Iluvatar make different choices i don't know i'm just grasping at straws here but it sounded smart yeah no it's interesting it's interesting to think about because it does specifically say things that have ever been in time into her storied webs you know so it does seem like there's some uh you know maybe maybe her her weaving is not necessarily linear oh i didn't think about that so if we're talking about, you know, seeing into the future and omniscience and stuff, her weaving might be all out of order. You know, things that are going to things that are going to happen, haven't happened yet, are being weaved. And then things that already happened are weaved after that. I'm going to break for a second and I want to ask you a question if something because something that occurred to me like last week and when I was doing the readings this week. Um, and like over the holidays and stuff, something that I kept thinking about when I was thinking about kind of the whole, this whole universe is, you know, the Hobbit, that story there and back again, and also Bilbo Baggins, right. And also the Lord of the Rings story are just really small parts of the whole of what was going on. On Middle Earth. And it was something that struck me as interesting because there are so many names that you're introduced to here. And there's so many 
you know, different purposes and different ideas. And, you know, with the exception of Melkor, no real conflicting ideas, I guess, except Ulmo and Manway not getting along anymore. But, you know, you, you, you look at the Hobbit and then you look at Lord of the Rings. Cause essentially the Hobbit's just an extension of that, uh, of that particular storyline. How many other storylines are there? You know, how many other, possibilities how many other really important things happened in middle earth that just didn't you know because tolkien didn't have time you know how many other great stories were there that just never got told yeah i mean it is very interesting to think about like if there's so much possibility for hundreds of more hundreds more unique stories in this universe because of how in-depth of a lore and history and myth he created um, that he had, you know, swimming around in his brain for his whole life. And he put a lot of it down on paper, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in notes and stuff, which is how this, the Silmarillion was compiled, but who knows what else he didn't write down and who knows what could have come from all of this. If he was, if he, if he wrote more. Right. I don't know for sure because I obviously we're not there yet, but it seems like a lot of these things that we're learning about now early on are all all part of other like there's parts of this in the unfinished tales and there's parts of this information in like the appendices of the Lord of the Rings books. And it seems like a lot of these ideas were so fluid that you know, it seems kind of silly to do a chronological situation with this because I'm sure they were changed and shaped so many times that, you know, it's hard to think of what's canon and what isn't, but yeah, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think that it's interesting to have a, a book that has uh, no real purpose if you want to just read the original stories that he wrote. Like, you don't need to read the Silmarillion it just really it just shows you how in depth he went into the lore of this world right but it is you know and and a pointless activity if you just want to read and enjoy the Lord of the Rings and even the Hobbit like you don't need this information he he created those stories to be full uh, stories in themselves this is just kind of like you know some some icing on the cake if you will it's just like anything else i um you know if you separate anything any fictional universe and separate it into uh, you know like a different how how am i trying to word this so if you take any fictional and it doesn't have to be fantasy right if you think did you watch friday night lights like the tv series no okay um (laughs) sorry Okay, so Lost. We mentioned Lost earlier. Friday Night Lights was just a funny one because it's like a wholly physically possible in our universe. But I was just going to go off on a a weird thing there. But, But so if you think about Lost, right? Lost the show over those, what, six seasons, seven seasons, whatever it was. They give you a pretty good idea of like the lives of all of those people. What I'm interested in and why I like this, you know, the Tolkien universe and kind of the whole reason that we wanted to get involved in the podcast to me is if you look at Lost, right? 
I want to know about Jack's childhood. You know what I mean? Like, I want to know about Jacob's relationship with, like, his parents. You know what I mean? Like, sure. and that that's why I love how in-depth everything gets, because you can finally not be done with a story that you really love. Yeah. And you can make you can make uh, very interesting connections, right? And and you know follow through lines from the very beginning of time in this universe, mm-hmm. universe, 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 <laughs> universe, uh, unit of horse, right? Uh, is a measurement that I use often in my life. Uh, you can make connections. From I believe the very... I believe they go by hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We have an equestrian in the building. Hmm. But anyway, you can make connections from the very beginning of time in this universe up until, you know, the the furthest amount of time that we have seen. Right. Which is which is which is really cool. Right. Um, yeah. Which also takes me to another place because I also like to imagine sometimes that like every cinematic universe is happening on the same plane. Which if that's wow. the case, New York is fucked. If you look every every, every, every single movie is like New York porn. Every single movie has like heists, villains, everything bad is happening in New York. Like New York God bless you, bro. Iluvatar <laughs> Iluvatar's blessings on you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Um I so getting that. back to our friends in the Valar, um, we're at Irmo. So Irmo was the fairest of all the Valar lives in Lorien, which makes me think of other people that I've heard associated with the word Lorien. We'll yes. get into if that. Familiar with Lord of the Rings, you've heard that word. Um, Irmo is married to Este, who is the gentle healer of hurts and weariness. Uh, Irmo and Este provide water that refreshes Valinor. Uh, just some elf shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> or it seems like some elf shit. Is this like the the local watering hole? They all gather around this water and shoot right. the shit. Yeah, I, I don't want to know where it's coming from, but um, so we've got Nienna, Nienna, Nienna's uh, all the ladies independent sister of the Fianturi. She mourns for the marring of Arda by Melkor. Her songs of lamentation were weaved into the original themes. And she hangs out in the halls of Mandos, and it seems like she is kind of a benevolent figure, benevolent spirit for people who are between, I don't want to say life and death, but people who are between planes of existence. We'll call it that. Yeah. I also got the the sense that she is the reason that there is, like, any sorrow and sadness in the world. Right. Like, because oh, she... Oh, like, it all comes from her. Yeah. Yeah, mm. like she is the the god of sadness. Wow, it's um, dark. Just because of that because of that line, and the sound of mourning was woven into the themes of the world before it began. Hmm. I can thank Nienna for all the music I listen to. Yes, all the sad boy music you listen to is, is nice. thanks to her. Nice. Moving on, we've got Tolkas, Tolkas the Jock. It says, you know, he's ruddy in complexion. Blonde hair, blonde beard. Seems like a guy you'd want to go out and get fucked up and maybe throw a few punches with. I don't know. But yeah, this is your this is your 
big, dumb, brawling friend. Right. So he's like, he's like the ox of the group. The what? The ox. I don't know. I always think of oxes as like oxen as just lumbering muscles. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Hmm. No, I was just going to say that your description of him as a jock, I think, is very apt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he... Does it say something about him loving games? Or did I make that up because I want to make a connection to, like, he, the original Olympians? It specifically says, he delights in wrestling and in contests of strength. Right, so right there, that's why I pulled, like, original greek olympians from that also there's a specific line that says his weapons are his hands his weapons are his hands i did remember (laughs) i remembered seeing that it made me think of like the karate guy from uh from uh napoleon dynamite yes (laughs) oh yeah what was it i I don't remember rex or something (laughs) oh god i love him yeah Uh, but just some like garbage martial arts teacher yeah hey joshua my hands you want to uh you want to see me throw a football over those mountains <laughs> okay so uh Tulkis's spouse is nessa who is the sister of arome uh she loves deer delights in dancing just sounds like an altogether uh pleasant pleasant uh valier that i would want to hang out with i mean i i knew plenty of those girls in high school i'm sure you did just like loving deer hanging out in the woods I, my wife is never going to listen to this, so I can tell you this story. It reminds me of a girl that I dated who worked at, like, a mall, like, boho hippie store that sold, like, beads and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I remember going somewhere with her and seeing, like, a particularly fluffy lawn. And she was like, pull over the car. I have to lay in that grass. And I was like, 17, like, what the fuck? fuck is wrong with this person i'm 17 i have to lay in that grass i have to lay in that grass yeah it was weird were you under the influence of any uh illicit substances no no not at that time no wow no yeah i mean just it's just a being in touch with the world just in a way that only late teen girls who love the grateful dead and beads sure can live sure although that's not a statement about anybody's way of life i'm not here to yuck anybody's yum no 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 i think that's i think that's great if like if what brings you joy is to pull your car over and lay on some grass fucking do it it brought me zero joy and in fact made me very itchy if i remember correctly this was more than half my life ago yeah um so orome Less strong than Tulkus, but angry. I love my idea of the character of Orome, mostly because I see it as like, well, time to go fight the monsters. It's not much, but it's honest work. Just carrying a fuck off sword, <laughs> running, you know, running into the east. To fight Melkor's monsters. Oh, actually, I guess Melkor's monsters were kind of everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, there is there is talk. I think it's more in the next part of this uh, talk about him for... it's they, they make it sound like many years he is in control of 
the land. Right. Okay. So, also called uh, Alderon, Lord of Forests. And it says, so here's, here's another, another, uh, race of people or something that we have not been, uh, we have no explanation for yet, but, uh, the Sindar Tauron. Right. So I didn't even include that because I didn't know what it was and I didn't yeah. want to have to pronounce it. Yeah. So thanks so for bringing it up. Hopefully we find out who all these people are. I'm sure at some <laughs> point we will, uh, or it doesn't matter. You know what we should do? We should... Make a website that has just a glossary of terms as we go through them. Um, that sounds like a lot of work. Never mind. Forget I said that. Also, All this information sure, is available somewhere. I'm sure that already exists. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm sure it exists in a way that's way better than... Tell me it's just in the book. There's an appendix. There's an appendix in the book. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know if we want to die. You know, it's reference that yet because let's sure just in the reading of it we will find out who these people are let's just have all of our social media stuff be memes as it should be and yeah. <laughs> we'll just go that way yeah um okay so his spouse arome's spouse is vana vana the ever young uh vana is the younger sister of yavana and it says that all flowers bloom when she passes which just sounds really nice. I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Although, kind of sounds weird. I don't know that some guy who goes and hunts Melkor's, like, monsters and beasts, and his wife, you know, or maybe it's just the juxtaposition. You know, maybe I, she... Yeah, I love that. I love that he's just, he's fucking pissed all the time. He's walking around like, I gotta fucking fight all these fucking demons. <laughs> Yo, you like, use like, so much right. profanity on this. I love it. Keep going. Fuck. He's, he's stomping <laughs> around like fucking this and fucking that. And yeah. she's walking behind him like, honey, it's going to be okay. And flowers are blooming around her. And she's like, you're doing great. Everything's good. <laughs> like, you think she's like super supportive, just the most supportive spouse? Yeah. She's like, so your anger, you, your anger what'd is you valid. What'd you slay today? All of your feelings are valid. I don't want to say they're not because they're not. Your feelings are valid and you're doing a great job. And tell me about your day and smell these flowers Lay in this grass. <laughs> great. So, so that is it. That's everybody. Those are the Valar, the Valley or the high ones of Arda. Originally nine remove Melkor or he who shall not be named yeah. uh, makes it eight. And so the high ones of Arda are, uh, Manwe and Varda, Ulmo, Yavanna, Aule, Mandos, who is uh, Namo. Namo, right, right. Uh, Niana and Orome. Yeah. So before we get into the Maiar, give me a Bev check. What are you sipping on? I actually. Or what were what you was... sipping on? I saw you slug that down. What was yeah. it? Yeah, uh, it was a little bit of whiskey. Yeah. What are we drinking? It's a Woodford Reserve uh, Distillers Edition malt whiskey. Interesting. For the nerds out there, if they're is interested. That a, is that a bourbon? A bourbon? It's not. It's specifically a malt whiskey. So basically, hmm. a, you know, m- scotch is malt whiskey, and American distilleries can make single malt, but they can't call it scotch. But this is a... Right, right. This is like a special uh, release that Woodford Reserve did. They did like... 
a couple of different distillers editions and one of them was a malt whiskey right right it's good it's tasty do you do you prefer that to uh like the japanese malt whiskeys uh oh man right now what i prefer uh, my my like whiskey of choice these days is rye um japanese whiskey is great it it's a bit it's essentially scotch like i love smoky scotch and Mm -hmm. a lot of the japanese whiskeys are also smoky so i get down on that Mm mm-hmm I've only had it once. It was cost prohibitive for me to uh, enjoy too much of it, but uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, most of most of those really nice Japanese whiskeys are a little pricey. I have been uh, largely avoiding uh, alcohol. I've been nice. seeking uh, my soul nourishment from other substances, but today Things I happen that to be might going blossom behind. Right, I forgot her name. Things, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things that might blossom behind Vana if she was walking around. Right, right. All just right. big old buds. So, yeah. uh, but I did buy some beer from uh, from Peak Organic Brewing Company. I picked it out because it looked kind of like the Patagonia logo, whether that's uh, on purpose right. or not. But it's a happy hour. It's a crushable pilsner. So. Do they say it's crushable or did you? That's what it says. Happy hour, a crushable pilsner. I spoke over you cracking that open. I'm sorry if you wanted to get that no. on the pod. No, it's fine. It's a delicious beer. I don't get into beer very much anymore, but boy, yeah. oh boy, is that tasty. Oh, yeah. So moving on of the Maiar. So the uh, the Maiar, the servants and helpers of the Valar, seems that only a few are named I'm wondering if in this chapter it names a few and then it goes on. We'll learn more names as we go. Yeah. It seems like from what I know of the Maiar, uh, unless these Maiar have eight different names, which is totally possible. But so they go, they are Ilmare, who is the handmaid of Varda, Aonwe, who is the herald of Manwe. I know we commented about this off the pod, but it starts to say something about the lineage of names when you start seeing these names pop up. You know, Aeon Way, obviously written in the same way that someone's name from Rohan would be. Yeah. So it starts to give you. I and now I have a you know a specific idea about who Aeon Way is. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's based in reality but but i i feel like that's kind of keep kind of keeps happening you know with people who are associated with lorian i immediately think that that's elvish yeah it's those it's those connections we were talking about like if you're you know you're familiar with the other stories and then you see these from the beginning of time and you're making connections right so the maiar that are best known by the children of aluvatar are osei and uh Oinen. Ose is the vassal of Ulmo, which a vassal in feudal terms would be a holder of land. I had to look that up because I was like, I feel like this means something somehow. Yeah. Probably I doesn't. Forget. I always forget that the definition right. of that word, because it doesn't come up that often. Right. And uh Ose is the master of coasts and isles. Uh he doesn't go to sea like Ulmo does. Although it seems like he's probably best known of the Maiar because it mentions many, many times that 
when the children of Iluvatar hear the sound of Ulmo, they're like drawn to the sea. So I feel like I feel like uh, Osei is probably a more relatable physical character because it sounds like these the Maiar take physical form. So they're probably yeah. better known for that reason. Yeah, there's and there's a specific line that says about about Osei. Therefore, those who dwell by the sea or go up in ships may love him, but they do not trust him. So, watch out can't for that tru- guy. Can't trust Osei. No, uh, so, Oenin... throw him? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's water. How far can he throw it? Or wait, no, he has physical form. Forget it. Forget I said that. Uh, <laughs> I'll edit that out. Uh, so, Oenin is uh, Osei's wife. Uh, Numenorians are protected by her. Um, and they revere her like she is one of the Valar. So the that Numenorians could be... are another thing that I'm that has not been explained. Right. I am a little bit familiar with that word more so than right. the other ones because I think it is mentioned in the films that we don't talk about. Or yeah. Someone, yeah. 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 Multiple I, times. Yeah, I've heard it before, so I kind of have an idea of what that one is. And I don't know what that is right now. So yeah, I'm kind of happy. So, Melkor uh, almost got Osei by promising him uh, Ulmo's position. I guess, you know, if if that was a thing that could have happened. Uh, so, Weenan stopped him. Sorry, go on. Well, and the reason, the reason Melkor was trying to corrupt Osei is because he hated the sea because he couldn't subdue it. Right, 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 right. Which I think I think was an interesting point. And here's a question for you. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Would you rather go to the beach with Melkor or Anakin Skywalker? Because what do those two have in common? Well, so Anakin hates sand <laughs> and Melkor hates the sea. So they're both going to be complaining the whole time. I... I really want to edit that out, but <laughs> I'm going to let that live. I'm going to let that be canon, Keep it in. just so you know. That's fine. Um, okay, so Melkor almost gets Osei on his side, um, and then uh, Weenan brings him in front of Ulmo, and like Ulmo part gives him a pardon, um, yeah. which is his presidential right to do, and no one can say otherwise. Jesus Christ. Can you edit <laughs> that out? Yeah, I can. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're just trying to make Ulmo great again. Josh has logged off. <laughs> <laughs> and something else that was uh, that stuck out to me about uh, Osei was that it says that the uh, the delight of violence never left him after his temptation by Melkor. So, so he- earlier when it mentions that you know, he's angry. That's probably why. He got a taste. He uh, can't get rid of it. Kind of like, what is, uh, do you ever watch Dexter? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've seen he, episodes. The, the the idea that, like, when he was a child, he saw his parents get, like, serial killed in front of him. And so he's <laughs> like a sociopath. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I was thinking Dexter's lo- laboratory, <laughs> and I different, was like, different Dexter's 
parents were murdered. This is the darkest cartoon I've ever seen. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone has already mashed that up in some way. Josh, you idiot! <laughs> uh, oh my god, this just went off the rails. Yeah. Uh, we gotta reel it back in. So uh, Melian is a Maya that served uh, Vanna and Este. Uh, lived in Lorien. Um, it says we'll learn more about uh, Melian in the Quinta Silmarillion. And the last one mentioned is Oloran, wisest of the Maiar. Also left Lorien for the house of Nienna. Um, and it says that uh, Oloran was lived unseen amongst the elves. Like lived amongst the elves, but was never seen by the elves. Yeah, it specifically says that he... He loved the elves, but he walked among them unseen. Right. Which is interesting. Like, voyeuristic a little bit. You know, so I have a very small amount of knowledge that makes me feel like one of those Maiar is Gandalf. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Oh. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think that... In my, like, falling asleep watching YouTube videos, that's something that I took in through osmosis. All right. I Yeah, no, that's something I, I have no idea about that. So I guess we'll find out. So the end is uh, of the enemies, which there's really only two enemies. I mean, there's more, but, you know, there's Melkor. Uh, this is the first time Melkor is called Morgoth, the dark enemy of the world. Uh I knew Alt someone like that. Uh, I know someone like that who, who who was like that in high school. Go on, Morgoth. They Why do more- you do this to us? <laughs> Why do you do this to us? Come on, they were Morgoth in high school. We're never gonna wi- win a Webby. Okay, so <laughs> he corrupted many and turned the Valarukar to his service. Uh, Valarukar being. Balrogs, the demons of terror, which yeah. I mean, come on. I good is great, but like evil just seems so much cooler. You just like all these titles and names. Yeah. Demons of terror. Dark enemy of the world. <sighs> Give Although me I that do... title. Give me a ham sandwich, and I'm just good for eternity. That title and a ham sandwich? Oh, I love ham sandwiches. I <laughs> I do like that also there's a line included about Melkor uh, that is specifically a spirit wasteful and pitiless. Dark. Sick burn. Dark. Just. So in addition to the Balrogs, Morgoth's Morgoth's servant was Sauron or Gorthar the Cruel. And Sauron was originally a servant of Alay. Sauron's only slightly less evil than Morgoth. <laughs> I don't know what that star rating system looks like. Right. If Morgoth is five stars and Sauron's 4.5. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that he's only more evil because he came first. And he has right. more power. And he's more powerful. Right, right, yeah. right. So, let me ask you. And that's it. And that's also where it mentions that... Uh, that... Melkor held dominion over most of the lands of Earth for mm-hmm. long years. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he was, you know, he gathered his his Balrogs and his Sauron, and he was just 
just hanging given, out. Given Arome something to do. Yeah. Pissing off Aule as he kicked over his sandcastles over and over and over. Uh, it also says that uh, Sauron walked the same path into the void, which I can't fully wrap my head around uh, Morgoth and <clears throat> sorry Sauron being able to just freely leave Arda because it seems right. like none of the Val the Valar or the the Valier can do that once they chose to go to Arda they can't leave Arda. Do you think that that is actually them going back to the void, which is like the separate plane of existence? Or do you think that's like them going down into the darkness where where Melkor hung out for so long? Right. Uh, to me, it seems like... So the void and space can't be the same thing. Because it was mentioned previously that you know, there are stars and, you know, that's space and the heavens that surround Arda. So I don't know if the void is outside of space. Who can say? Yeah, it is. I will say it is capitalized. Void is capitalized in the book. So whatever that means. So it makes you think that that's a proper name for a place. Yeah, I think that backs up your argument. The that void it's, that it's like them traveling back into the where the Ainur started. Right. You too can go to the void. It's located adjacent to uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. Yes. In fact, it might be the Beyond part. I haven't seen it. Have you? <laughs> seen lots of beds, lots of baths. Yeah, lots of baths, lots of fake towel fronts. I love it. Yeah. I do I mean, like that store. I feel like in my old age, it's a place I enjoy going. Sure. Lots of, uh, you know, lots of things for the home. Just make your make your home nice and comfortable and efficient. And- well, I'm going to go ahead and stop you there. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, do you have anything else, Josh? No, I'm good. I feel like... There's not a lot of discourse to be had about this chapter because it was basically names and positions, which is good. And we'll definitely lay a foundation for everything else. But yeah, this this chapter was definitely like, these are the people that are going to be important going forward. And these are the people that were important in creating the world that we are going to be talking about for the rest of this book and all of the other books. Right. So it's almost like uh, just a list of like, this is this person. This is their job. This is this person. This is their job. This chapter was your first day at a new job, and you're just walking around meeting all the people <laughs> that uh, and and learning their titles. Yeah, this is Tammy. Stay away from Tammy at holiday parties. <laughs> right, Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this has been really fun. Yeah. So what do we have next week? Next week we will be next week we will be diving into the Quenta Silmarillion, the history of the Silmarils. Silmarils sound dangerous. Yeah. Seems like Melkor is going to get in some uh Morgoth is going to get into some meddling. It's going to get Silmaril. That was a bad Well, one. I'm sorry. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening to uh Dead Browit Society. I'm Andrew I'm Josh. 
and we'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, 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 oh